0: This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts.
1: What happens when regular people work together to create massive, meaningful change on a global scale? Welcome to the Carbon Almanac Collective, a podcast where the volunteers who created the Carbon Almanac Share the insights and aha moments they had while collaborating on this landmark project to help fight the climate crisis. I'm your host, Jennifer Myers Chua, and it's not too late to join in on the conversation.
2: I'm Lori Sullivan, and I'm from Detroit, Michigan. And I have participated in a number of areas of the Almanac, the resource guides, the Daily Difference email series, as well as some of the podcasts for the Carbon Collective.
3: Dave Copans, I'm from Arlington, Massachusetts, right outside Boston. And I've been uh, participating on the Carbon Almanac for a while now, wrote, I think, about four or five of the individual chapters that are actually being published, my favorite being eco-anxiety, which then drove me into the Daily Difference, and so working on that really from inception and coming up with the structure around that, it's wonderful to be here, be part of this. It's important.
0: I'm Aveline Morris. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, but I'm actually from Jamaica originally, and I've been participating mainly on the Daily Difference emails and also working a lot on the Kids Project, I wrote some. I would not consider myself a writer. There's so many others who are better. But helping out with with guidelines for writers and editors and then facilitating getting emails to Marcus and Jonathan who work on the back end. It's a whole crew. I'm just happy to be here to help.
1: What brought you to join the Carbon Almanac?
0: My friend Eva Ford introduced me to the Carbon Almanac network, and that's how that's how I got here.
2: I followed Seth and his blog for a lot of years, so I saw the post that he put and I was immediately knew that I needed to sign up and see if I could be a part of this, not only because being part of a very new approach Seth was taking was really exciting. Hmm. But about 12 years ago, I started a small company called One Shade Greener with the aspiration to help individuals and companies lighten their impact on the environment. So it was that perfect tie for me on the environmental aspect and working with Seth.
3: Like Lori, I'm a subscriber to Seth's blog, love his books, marketing brain, and, and that perspective on the world is so powerful. I've been in the clean energy, clean tech space before it was even called that. So, two decades of starting companies in the space like Lori, a recent company that I started now almost 10 years ago, doing large-scale energy efficiency projects at colleges and universities called Greener U and always saw a real mismatch between people doing really great work in the Mm -hmm. field and the marketing of it and how we talk about it, how we get other people who are not initially so engaged to really... to get involved and to help be part of challenge and the solution to the problem. So seeing Seth's call to action was just a, here's a great opportunity to take this absolutely brilliant marketing perspective on the world and uh, marry it up with uh, the challenge for humanity.
1: And Lori, why 12
2: years ago did you get interested in this topic? So I was working for Saturn, the auto company that is no more. But as part of our brand, we were developing a hybrid vehicle. So early on getting into alternative fuels. And I started to research more and get underneath of the lifestyle. So lifestyle of health and sustainability. And so when you start to dig into environmental impacts, you also realize that the small changes that you can make in life are They're healthier for you, getting the toxins out. And ironically, in a number of cases, they can also save you money. And so once you start down the path, I feel like you just can't stop. And I wanted to continue to share what I was learning with others so they could make those same kind of shifts. Yeah. And Aveline, do you consider yourself an environmentalist?
0: Oh, gosh. Such a question. Before, No. Because I think I had somewhat negative connotations towards what people think when they hear environmentalist. Don't get me wrong; I I, I I believe three things are true. It's undeniable the planet's in trouble. Fixing it's a big job, and we all need to pitch in. But the solutions I thought you would pursue individually, like driving electric cars, reusable grocery bags, that type of thing, never seemed. Like they would really move the needle or they were really impactful. And to answer your question, I didn't see myself as someone who would be marching tree hugging, like all of the things that you sort of associate with environmentalism. So before now, no. But now that I'm part of the Carbon Almanac, absolutely.
1: And David, what about you? How are you hugging trees? Have you been in marches? I'd like to hear your story.
3: The only tree that I've hugged is a ponderosa pine. In New Mexico, it's because they smell like vanilla and I highly recommend it. It's really cool. (laughs) It was totally a wild experience. So, yes, I've always had, I've not been to marches, but a very strong, I pick up garbage when I'm walking down the street. I I recycle as much as I can. We compost. So, it's always been something that's near and dear to my heart. I do have experiences going back when a friend in college said, you really should turn the water off while you're brushing your teeth. I'm like, You're a nut. Actually, he was really, really smart. And we should all do that. So it's part of me and it needs to be part of all of us at some level.
1: And Laurie, do you have anything to add about
2: your involvement with environmentalism? It's interesting, the idea of being an advocate versus an activist. And I, I think, like Evelyn, I struggled with being the activist really out there fighting for change. I wanted to find ways to do it subtly through education. And I think that that is why I love the Carbon Almanac so much because it is, it's educating and it's getting us all level set on what the problems are so that we can work together on that change. And so education has always been the path for me. And you
1: are certainly contributing to education with the Daily 365. But for anyone that's listening to this that has no idea what I'm saying when I say Daily 365, David, do you want to explain what the Daily 365 is and what it means, really?
3: From a branding perspective, it's I think it started off as the email something, and then it got 365 put in. And then through a couple of things, one which we had a copyright infringement issue, We're now the daily difference. And if we wanted to put at the end of that, it would be an email action program. This is about uh, engaging the world. And our focus is to get to big scale, to bring a lot of people in comfortably under a very large tent. And every day, send you something to educate you, say on a a Monday, something to learn about and talk about. This ties directly back into eco anxiety, which 85% of all kids are experiencing and 70% of all adults. So we're not talking about it enough. So the daily difference will give you an opportunity, a tidbit of information from the almanac to talk about with others, which is a big piece of dealing with eco-anxiety. It will give you some action steps to take, an easy win, something to do fast, like you go around your house and turn off some lights or something more significant, such as look into buying renewable energy. And then Two things that we call thunderclaps, which are really powerful. This is getting the network together and then doing something lightweight but still impactful. So, saying, hey, you know what, Postal Service, why aren't you buying all these new uh, trucks you're going to buy? They, they really should be renewable <laughs> um, and battery powered as opposed to 20 year vehicles that are gonna burn more fossil fuels. And something to celebrate that we call these thunderclaps. So, a thunderclap to get an organization to do something different. And then a thunderclap to celebrate the good work that people are doing out in the world. And then since we recognize that we're doing this every single day, that takes work. Yeah, something to smile about. There are good things happening both at the Carbon Almanac and elsewhere in the world. And then to celebrate, again, another thing from the eco-anxiety piece I wrote. You have to sit back and say, hey, I did some things and this is good and that gratitude piece. So, that's the whole program and we're excited to launch it in about a month and a half, give or take. Let's see where it goes.
2: I think the great thing about the Daily Difference team at large is everyone has a lot of different interests and a lot of different ways that they want to contribute. So for me, I've leaned in areas like a number of posts on laundry and how to lighten your load when you're doing laundry. I have done a couple recently on driving tips. So even if you have a gas-powered vehicle, what are some things you can do to make it a little more efficient? And outdoors, we're heading into summer, so I've focused a couple of places on mowing your lawn, treating your lawn, and lightening up efforts there.
0: The thing that's beautiful is there are thousands of people in the Carbon Almanac. And as they come together and start writing, you see the diversity of interest and the variety. And it's taking where they've been, what their experiences and perspectives are and coming forward with a message. There are folks like me who are probably a little less experienced in the climate change world. In less than a month, being able to to Uh, planted 89 trees simply by switching to Ecosia, which is a, a new search engine. And then you have David and Lori who've been more involved and have been at this for years and are able to bring that depth of experience to the table. And it's, it's really magical.
1: And so overall, is the content of the newsletter individualistic action?
3: less of a newsletter and an action program. So this really is all about action. The reality is we should all each be doing what we can at the individual level. There's also not a lot that we can do <laughs> at the individual level. So we want to engage people to educate so you can have conversations, to take some steps at home because we want to get those muscles working. <laughs> you know what? I am recycling, that's a good thing, right? To do those things. But then the real key focus is these things we call thunderclaps. Push the group, which we hope to grow to millions of people as part of the Coburn Almanac Network, to say one thing at the same time and make a big loud noise and move individuals and organizations in a positive direction at scale.
1: But that kind of shows you that you can really start from a place of, I'm doing quotes, but nowhere, and really immerse yourself in this world pretty easily and then develop a real passion for it very quickly. And I'm wondering, with your experience with your group that you've formed, is it like that? Is there a lot of people that are maybe new to the eco-conscious world? Or what's the, what's the group look like?
3: We have people all over the world and across a whole spectrum of knowledge base and capabilities and understanding of the challenges that we're facing. And it's really wonderful to come together and to help each other and to work together to create great content, to go out to the world to make a difference.
2: And I think that the beauty is it doesn't actually matter. We don't enter the conversations asking for someone's background or criteria on are they qualified if they've got the interest and the passion. So what's kind of interesting as you ask that question, Jennifer, is that in my mind, I was like, I honestly don't know. I don't know how many are new to the space and how many have been in the eco world for a long time. Because in the end, we're all here together and pushing it pushing it forward as a group. Have you learned a new piece of information from this project that is like a real aha moment? For me, I think this wasn't necessarily an aha, but it was finally the trigger to get me to try to take some more actions personally. All of the information about reducing consumption of meat and the impact that that whole ecosystem has on our planet. I officially started and have been doing Meatless Mondays all year now, and it's flowing into Meatless Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So, while I've known that, I think this project really got me to start taking some more personal action there. I would say the same. It's
0: just, it's it's thinking, and I don't know if this is more something new, but more the need to focus on inspiring systemic action to move the needle is what I think is the thing that is the biggest aha I mean, we all know the individual things we need to do, but as you talk about what I before now have described myself as an environmentalist, no, but now I can't shut up about it. Right? <laughs> I've, I've talked to everyone in my circle now that there is what I feel like a really engaging and inspiring way to talk about climate change, that's what it feels like in this space.
3: What I would say is that probably the biggest thing, and this came from writing that piece on eco-anxiety, number one thing is to break this quote-unquote spiral of silence. And that we, I was really blown away by the fact that 70% of all adults have eco-anxiety. But so many people are nervous about where we are, where we're going, and are just not talking about it. And I yeah. really see our, our mission with The Daily Difference is to enable those conversations to happen because through those conversations, we're going to drive change. And that's hard to do. For, it's wonderful to see how we're trying to figure that out.
1: What kind of content might I get from The Daily Difference that will inspire me to take change?
2: I wrote a, a post about the impact of doing your laundry. So a very simple thing, switching to cold water. Instead of warm water, there are very few occasions where you actually need the water to be heated. But then the second was a link to switch your laundry detergent itself, and David switched his detergent. And I can't remember offhand which brand you chose, but we offered some choices. Biodegradable, phosphate-free. I love it tiny little
3: bottle of high concentrate, right? As opposed to this big thing. So it was less to ship and less plastic waste and and less carbon.
2: Well, and it's interesting because we talk about it's a systemic change. We need to do the big things like the thunderclaps. And I think David can give a good example there. But for me, some of these ideas we're providing on a smaller scale that you can do at home, I feel like it starts to Take away some of the individual anxiety, like David mentioned. And in the end, we're all just people. So if I start learning a few things and I reduce my anxiety at home, I'm more likely to go into my workplace where maybe I can really make a big difference with my role at work and look at the impact of the company I work for a little bit differently And I may there make the change that really makes a difference. So I think the daily difference is doing both attacking the individual level anxiety, but also what are the big things we can get behind together. And I think there's something to
1: be said for purchasing power. If every single one of us said, I want that highly concentrated, small packaging, biodegradable, plastic free We have the opportunity to create change there because the manufacturers will take notice.
0: I'd say that and also David mentioned like the positive thunderclaps. There are companies that are doing excellent work already. And part of the work of the Daily Difference emails is to point out when people are doing things that are wonderful and amplify that message so others can hear too. One of the things I've known, there is the one person on the block who has solar panels on their roof, climate change work can sometimes feel so lonely, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what this does is it helps to reinforce that we're all in this together. And by sharing a quick win that you can do as an individual and demonstrating how others have taken one step in the right direction and have inspired others to do the same. Now, I'm the climate change advocate for my office. Like, who Who am
1: I? <laughs> so, can you give me an example of what your Thankful Thursdays content is like?
3: Uh, the high-level pieces we want to reach out and put up on a pedestal. Someone uh, or an organization that's doing great things, um, here might be an example. Jeff Colgan, who is the director of climate solutions lab at Brown university has done some research focused in on what's called the national climate assessment. This is a U.S. government assessment document comes out, I think every four ish years. And mm-hmm. it's written in government scientific ease, stuff's going to get warmer. <laughs> and uh, Jeff and his colleague, Alexander uh, wrote this wonderful paper that says, you know, we need to say things like this. Traditional American pastimes will be cut short. Contaminated water and dying fish will cancel more than a million swimming trips and tens of millions of fishing trips each year. Heat stroke will make the ability to play football unsafe, and wildfires will shut down our national parks. Let's thunderclap thanks to Jeff and his colleague, Alexander, for putting this research out there and see what they have to say to add to the conversation. That would be an example of a thankful Thursday thunderclap But we're putting someone up and we're helping to engage them in conversation on a broad scale.
1: And that's important to that kind of language, because I think a lot of people can't conceive how a warming climate could actually affect them. And I think it sounds so simple, but to say things like you won't be able to play football to the capacity you are currently, I think people just don't look at it that way.
3: And that actually comes back to a comment I said at the beginning. It's marketing. It's being able to take facts and figures and move them into feelings because that's what moves, moves mountains.
1: So the next book should be a model on how to create change, right? We're all in alignment here, correct? Yes. Okay. You have some editors that can work on this? And when the book comes out and if you have the opportunity to give it to any organization or any human, where will you be going first? I'm just wondering, who do you think needs to have access to this
0: information? In my work, I'm connected to a medical center and a university and talk about like things I would never have done before, like reaching out to the folks there and starting to share about the carbon almanac and the fact the book is coming out and once it does really even going further with that i think universities and medical centers are are big consumers whatever community they're a part of and they're leaders thought leaders and the places that people go for care and so if those places raise their hands and start taking action and leading oh my goodness, like the inspiration that can come from that. I'm I'm hopeful we'll see what will happen. I'll be sure to share, but I'm excited about that.
2: My day job is with an advertising agency. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for our company as well as the clients that we work with. So I think larger corporations are starting to become more and more aware of their impact and what they can do to make a difference. And so I think being there, being part of those conversations and trying to start the movement of larger companies is the place where I feel like the Carbon Almanac is going to start a conversation that will start making a difference. That's what I hope.
1: Yeah. David, who will you be handing the book to?
3: A whole variety of people, but the place that actually really just from my perspective uh, is where I'm excited to go is to local libraries in the area. And I think about the displays that are up when you walk into a library and how wonderful it will be for that book to be sitting there as part of a a bright and it's yellow and uh, it speaks to possibilities of positive change to be on display and hopefully continue to be on display because uh, bringing people together around this uh, topic is absolutely critical to push those organizations to make changes.
1: And this project in itself has brought us together from all corners of the globe. I'm wondering if there was any story you could share or insight you could share on working together or other collaborators that aren't in this space right now, but working together on the Daily Difference?
2: I think the thing that has amazed me is just the way that everyone comes together. And you don't know those backgrounds. We don't have titles. There is no hierarchy. And just watching the way a community comes together and says, here are the gifts I have to offer the team, whether that is as a program manager or a writer or a Whatever your individual gifts are, you bring them to the group. And the generosity that everyone has, it has been fabulous to work as part of this overall team and specifically on The Daily Difference.
0: Lori and I
2: exchanged an email
0: early on while we were working with Dave to get things organized. And so she's like, hey, do you have a quick second? Here's my number. And and we hopped on the call. And as we talked, I, I, I said, oh gosh, like I feel like I'm not even so sure like how much I can contribute. And she said, oh goodness, we're all doing this in the margins of our lives, right? And that was so powerful. I, I'll never forget that phone call. And to think that two months ago, David, Lori, and I didn't know each other at all, right? And now here we are working on the Daily Difference email project to amplify a message that with the privilege of being humans on this planet comes the responsibility to act in solidarity to make a change.
1: David, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that since you contributed to the eco-anxiety piece. Do you have anything to add about our responsibility as humans to protect our Earth?
3: Uh, It's kind of hard to add anything to that. It's a full stop. Eco-anxiety, you know, what are the five things you need to do? One, acknowledge that it's okay to feel like this is overwhelming. To break that spiral of silence and have conversations with people and engage your network and strengthen your network of support, not just in the context of the climate change challenge. But all parts of life, take action, whatever it is, do as much as you can, but don't overdo it. This is both a sprint and a marathon. Unfortunately, it's more of a sprint now than it would have been 20 years ago, but it still is a marathon and we all need to contribute uh, what we can. uh, And that's going to wax and wane. And then the last piece of the eco anxiety piece is practice self care. Really important, right? To take care of yourself because uh, then you could bring your best self to this challenge.
1: I'm wondering if you in your group have had any other moments of conversation like that, that have spurred discussion, that maybe you've used some of that knowledge towards building out another post in the Daily Difference email or changed how you show up in the world sometimes. I'm just wondering what
2: kind of conversations you were having with each other in that space. We just had so many conversations around pushing the idea to get it to a space of where it is right now. So David early on set up like some themes for the day that were a little bit loose at first, and we bantered them around. And, and he kept saying, just try something. We have to have something on paper. And so then we spent a week where we all just tried something. And, and then he started to build this this structure that is amazing to keep us on track of like what's what ideas are out there and and then we would jump on calls and say, "Well, this worked and this didn't work and together we all nudged things around to get to a place it's so daunting three hundred and sixty five days like that's a that's a lot of content and trying to structure and plan how it's done. so. I feel like a lot of the conversations together have been <laughs> by trial and by error and scooting things until we we got to the format we have now and it's been a great process.
0: I agree. It's evolved. I've shared with my team at work just and also borrowed some some things from how we've worked together in this Non-hierarchical. No one has titles. No one has official roles. Everyone raises their hands and kind of just jumps in and takes the work that has been there before and builds on it and makes it even better. And no one gets offended. They go, Oh my gosh, that, that looks great. You actually took that thing and made it better. I was thinking about that, but I wasn't sure. Oh, that's fantastic. And to, to observe the evolution of going from from nothing to a body of work. Oh my goodness. It is incredible. I have so much gratitude for this space. It feels like magic.
1: Absolutely. So when we open those emails and we have an action item and we hit the ground running, it is our thought as Carbon Almanac contributors that we are helping to influence change. With that, I'd like to know if you have moved along the scale of hopeless to hopeful from working on this project. And how hopeful are you now?
3: Um, I wax and wane <laughs> throughout the day, depending.
1: Throughout the day, even.
3: <laughs> Opening the news is generally, I guess, is that a waxing or a waning? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I should have paid more attention to my kids when they had the lunar uh, module at school. But I really do have great hope for the daily difference, and the opportunity. If we do it right and if we do it well to, to grow another part of the, one of the days of the week is to bring more people in, right? That's the action is just get another friend, uh, colleague to be part of the daily difference and the carbon almanac network. And if we do that, uh, I think we can we can really move the needle. Lots needs to happen.
1: Lori, where are you on the on the scale of hopeless to hopeful? Where do you land right now?
2: I am hopeful. I, I've said to a number of people that I started down this journey personally. It's been about twelve years. I feel like sometimes you're in a space before it's ready for its time. And that is how I'm feeling. I feel like the conversations are starting at a higher level. They're becoming important conversations within corporations, which is going to help make a difference. I'm extremely hopeful that now the time is right and the Carbon Almanac is going to come out at the perfect moment to really start a larger movement. So I'm very hopeful. Definitely hopeful. When when people come together and take
0: intentional, just focused action toward a common purpose, we just did a, a test of the daily difference within our network and the responses that we saw from individuals who just shared, this is so impactful, or here's something that I did, I'm so excited to share. I had no idea that I could. Convert to renewable energy without putting solar panels on my roof. In this small group, seeing that impact, I cannot imagine what's going to happen once it gets out into the world. And that's really exciting and a reason for hope.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're a small group, but geographically, we're representing countries from all over the world. Almost 50 net countries now, I think we have contributors from. And what about when you think about other countries that aren't necessarily North America? Do you think that the work that we're doing here is going to be as impactful in other regions in the globe?
3: And answer that in a variety of ways. The first is climate change is a global problem. And so the answer is hands down, yes, uh, that we will impact all 50 of those nations and then all the rest from pole to pole. Will we necessarily get bigger, say, impact in a different country than North America? Let's speak to the U.S. in particular. Probably not because the U.S. in particular has a lot it needs to do, right, on a per capita basis with respect to climate-related issues. That's two different answers to the same question, right?
2: Depends on how we look at it. I would agree with a lot of what David said. There are definitely parts of the world that are much further along on their journey than the U.S. So there's a huge opportunity here. But having that advocacy and the community around the globe, it is a global issue. Just as David said, we all, we all need to do things to make the, the positive impact. It, it takes just
0: one person. And I think, as I think about global impact. Coming from from Jamaica, one of our primary industries is tourism. And it's wonderful to have individuals come from across the world to vacation. And there are lots of things that come with the tourism industry, but the country has realized the need to protect the resources and to, to do tourism in a way that does not hurt the environment. When you think about the global impact, I think about countries in probably three different categories. Ones that need to catch up and and start taking responsibility and really come together to, to, to have collective action. I think there are those countries that are being so disproportionately impacted because their resources have been really taken advantage of. And so, you know, reading about someone who, she said, when I was growing up, the the forests were dense and thick. And because of different companies coming in, it's changed. And, and, and the entire community is impacted. So there are countries that are crying out for something to be done. The impact is undeniable for them. And then there are others that are leading the way. How incredible would it be if loosely putting those three categories of countries, those that are, are not really taking action, those that are being severely impacted and those that are leading the way, if they can connect and learn from each other, how incredible would that be? I think that's the thing that's beautiful about the carbon almanac. It's taking individuals from all over the world, literally, and demonstrating in what I'm going to call a perfect like focus group of action, that it is possible in the margins of your day to make a difference. And here's a model for how you can do that. And hopefully someone will take that model and start to make change.
1: You've been listening to the Carbon Almanac Collective. This podcast is part of the Carbon Almanac Podcast Network. For more information to join the movement and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Subscribe and join us next time to get more insights from regular people mobilizing to help the world fight the climate emergency.